Hawks Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Say it with your chest. It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. It's time for Talk That Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus here with Paul Moyer. Every Thursday, we'll be right here, 7 o'clock. Talk That Talk, Moyer. This is when we kind of we, we debate a little bit. We go back and forth about certain topics. And the first one, I'll start us off. First, I want to ask you, Moyer. I want your, your true opinion here, all right? Tyler Lockett, will he end the season leading the Seahawks in receptions, yards, and touchdowns? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. He will. And partly he's got such a huge lead right from the get-go. And I I truly believe this offense is not designed for one guy to go crazy. Um, He's gone crazy the last two games. And partly is, you know, DK in this league, it's a league of adjustments, right? You know, how do they play DK Metcalf last year, this year? Um, At some point, you know, they're going to start – shifting a little bit to Tyler, and that's going to open things up for DK. And once they see that, I mean, I, I just think Tyler's going to have more opportunities not to be doubled all along the way. I think this offense will give him that shot. But I just think it's going to be hard for one guy to dominate. And right now, I think he just has such a big lead. You know what? I I disagree. I think DK is going to get going. I think when it comes to this natural ability, right, DK has that. I think Lockett is the more crafty receiver at this point in his career. That's the next step for DK. Become crafty and catch the difficult football. And I think eventually, because teams are going to hone in on Lockett, DK is going to put together two or three good weeks that at least are going to keep him in the fight and get him going. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be close. They're going to be within 100 yards, 10 catches, two touchdowns. You saw what the numbers were last year. I mean, these dudes were close. So I think it's a toss-up, but I think that Mr. DK Metcalf, all right, so right now you've got 278 yards for Lockett. Yeah. You got 111 for Metcalf. Mm-hmm. You got three touchdowns for Lockett, one for Metcalf. Yeah, you could talk me out of that one. Yeah. And, and, and I, I really think Lockett's going to have more yards and more catches. Mm-hmm. The touchdown one, though, is trickier because we start getting into that red zone. You know, DK's a force. I, I think the tight ends come into play as well. But, uh, you know. I'm still going to stick with Lockett. Yeah. But uh, the touchdown one, I think, is going to be the toughest. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to go last week. When you get double-digit leads, I, I'm not going to say double-digit leads. I'm going to say more than one score. So let's get nine points or more. Is that fair? Yep. That means you're a pretty good team. I mean, you're, you're doing some really great things. You know, Last year, we had a bunch of those. Defense was struggling the first you know half of the season and got it right in the second half. We've done that again twice in two games. And last week, we're up by 15. We're up by 14. Should have been up by 15 uh, into the fourth quarter. Will the Seahawks, and will this be the last time the Seahawks blow, and I hate saying blow, will they, last time they give up more than a score and lead in the fourth quarter? I'm going to say no. And I say no because this is the NFL, and there are going to be times where you are going to fail. I think this offense is still trying to figure themselves out. It looks like a good offense. I think you and I both agree we like what they're doing, we like what they're trying to accomplish. 
But uh, there are going to be times where it, it just ain't working, where you come out hot and, like we mentioned during the, the post game, have time adjustments, meaning that two minutes that the coaches got to speak to you, they throw a little nugget in there and say, all right, look, we're going to do this. And, and maybe it changes. I just know how this league works, man. Mm. No one goes undefeated. There's never a flawless game. There are going to be times where your quarterback struggles. There's going to be times where your defense struggles. I'm going to give them one more time this year. I don't think it's going to be a habit, but one more time. You know, again, giving up a lead happens. You know, you're up by three, six, whatever. I mean, teams score. And then, again, it's just part of life. Giving up a double-digit lead, though, that those are rare. Matter of fact, it's the first time, I think, in Pete Carroll's uh, time here that, you know, going into the fourth quarter that that's happened. But it's not just on the defense. It's not. You know, it, it's it's a lot on the defense because I'm paying you guys to stop these guys now, and they're th- they should be throwing the football. Last week we found out – Tennessee said, "Ah, we'll, we'll run it. We're fine. Fourth quarter, we're, we'll, we'll still run the football down, you know, two scores. But the offense, man, went three and out, three and out, three and out, four and out. You know, I don't know if it was quite in that order. One of those was actually, a, I believe, a touchdown. But um, they got to help them out, too. This was a team fourth quarter loss. Yeah. Defense gave it up with the big play, the big running play. Offense, not sustaining drive, not getting first downs. They almost doubled us on first down. So... I think we get it corrected. Okay. I think if we got a nine-point lead or more, we're not giving that up again this That's year. A wrap. Now, I, I just we're too good a pass rushing team. I believe our secondary is good. We got to we got to get better. I think we're going to make a huge improvement from this last week to this week and how we how we play. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, just 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 tighten things up. Yeah, not making silly mistakes along the way. And. Team lost. We got to throw special teams in there. There was an extra point that was missed, and that kind of bit him in the butt later. All right, now, next question. Aaron Rodgers, man, we've been talking Mm. about him a lot this Mm offseason, especially during the season. First week against the New Orleans Saints, he's 15-28, two interceptions, doesn't look good, one sack. Looks like he's been vacationing all offseason. Second week against the Bears, 35-17 win, 81, 81, he completes 81% of his passes, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Was Aaron Rodgers right? Are the Packers okay? Should we go back to what he said a couple years ago and just relax? Well, if they had played the Bears, I might have changed my mind. But I think they played Detroit. And they beat Detroit 35-17. They were down at halftime to Detroit. Yeah. It's Detroit. Detroit what? At home. Aaron Rodgers played well. He's, what, 22 for 27, four touchdowns. You know, look good. He still looks like a yoga instructor to me. (laughs) I just don't think yoga instructors are built to last a season in the NFL. Okay. Do not, for all you yoga instructors, be tweeting me and all that. I love (laughs) yoga. I think it should be a part of every person's life for a lot of good reasons. But if that's all you do, I truly think that's all Aaron Rodgers do. No. I think... I think Green Bay's in trouble. They, to me, didn't look good against Detroit. Maybe Detroit's better than we thought. They've actually played pretty well two weeks in a row. Um, no. No, they're, they are who they are. You know, I think they're going to be okay. And what made me a believer was watching some of the throws that Aaron Rodgers made against Detroit. I know it is Detroit, but he's still off his back foot. He's sliding to the right. He's off balance. He's still making the Aaron Rodgers-type throws. I like your point to where he don't look like he's, he's built to last. Mm-hmm. But you know who else don't look like he's built to last? Tom Brady looks like, man, if you hit him too hard on a Tuesday, he's done for two weeks. He just doesn't look like a very strong football player. And, and at the quarterback position, I don't think you need to look like that. 
Um, but I just I believe in the magic of Aaron Rodgers for some reason. Yeah, Tom Brady, and I get that. that's a good point. Um, you know, the difference between Tom and Aaron, Tom's says I'm I'm not holding on to the ball more than two seconds. Yeah. Aaron wants to backpedal. He wants to extend and you know, look all pretty as he's leaning back and throwing off his back foot. So no, no go for me. All right, twenty seconds. Josh Gordon is available. Do you take a chance on him? Yeah, and that came from uh, our last segment with uh, with John Clayton and and potentially uh, him being available next week. He's living here. Yes, I'm taking him. Athletically, he's crazy. Put him on the practice squad. I don't think we need him right now, but if you put him out wide with DK and Tyler inside, mix in some Eskridge as well, just as pure that his presence alone, Josh Gordon, makes teams go, ooh, do we leave him alone? Yeah. All right. I don't know where I stand on that. I think you got some young guys who are ready to go. I don't know. That, that's a tricky one. All right. When we wait, were- wait, wait, wait. All right, all right. Yes no, or no? No. Okay. No, don't take it. Let I D, can't put, let, hey, let D live. The bell let didn't Freddie ring. Live. It didn't ring. My bad, There's no white. There was no towel <laughs> that was thrown in there for you. All right, my bad. Okay. My, my bad, Moyer. Just all checking. Right. When we return, we're going to go inside the film room. Bobby Wagner sack. He got Tyler Lockett's touchdown. Henry's 60-yard touchdown. We'll break it down right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bump is hanging out with Paul Moyer. We're about to go inside the film room. This is something that Moyer and I really enjoy doing, right? As we both played, we both coached, uh, there's nothing like watching film and breaking down what really happened because a lot of people sit on their couch, Moyer, Mm. and they got all the answers. But they can't tell you what a Texas stun is. They can't tell you what, what that nine tech is. They can't tell you what a cover three is. So, Moyer, we're here to help the people learn the game. I like it. And there's, as we say, you're never as good or as bad as you think you are until you go into the film session and find out what's really going on. Yep, got to tell the truth. All right, the first play we're going to break down, Bobby Wagner sacks Ryan Tannehill on third down to force a field goal. Tannehill from the shotgun with a slot near side. came flashing through untouched, and he just buried Tannehill back at the 15-yard line, an eight-yard loss, and Dave, you mentioned it. There may be no better blitzer from that inside backer spot. Boy, there's a lot of good things here. First of all, shout-out to Bobby. A really productive day. 20 tackles, uh, franchise record uh, last week, and... I know he's not happy about it because, you know, we lost and they gave up a lot of yards and stuff. But this is something he's been doing well for so long. It's something I, I, I love. I actually like it when they uh, have a bit of a five-man front, you know, this bear look, um, which isn't – I'm not describing this play right now. And then shoot the the tackles – our defensive tackles out wide and, and pull the guards out wide too so there's a big – uh, space there that he can work one on one against uh, the center. I, I've seen hardly any centers that can beat him or can lock him up one on one like that. But in this particular play, they just run a little stunt, and it's really the reason why I say it's a little stunt is Bobby Wagner times is so perfect. And as soon as the center puts his head down because they're in a shotgun look, um, as soon as he puts a, uh, his head down, if this comes from film study, he knows the ball is going to get snapped right after. Yeah. So his timing of it's perfect. 
And so they bring our left tackle uh, inside, and the guard and center kind of mess it up. They should have actually picked this up. But Bobby's so fast, by the time they realized what was going on, the guard looked, and Bobby said, where'd he go? Where'd who go? <laughs> and it was a big sack. I was actually worried on this play that we were going to get a personal foul because Bobby really did a bear hug high and went – towards his helmet and neck or above his neck. And nowadays you just don't know what they're going to call if you hurt somebody too much. Uh, but just <laughs> it shows it's still his speed, his explosiveness. Uh, another big play by Bobby Wagner. Big play by Bobby. The thing that sticks out to me is Ryan Tannehill. He's not even looking at Bobby. He looks at this the offensive line and what they're bringing. It says, look, I'm protected on that side. Even if they stunt that, I should be good. It's a numbers game. So Ryan Tannehill's looking to the left. And then you mentioned, man, Bobby Wagner times it up perfectly. Big hit on Ryan Tannehill, forcing them to a field goal. Every game I look for a signature Bobby Wagner play, we got one in week two with this play for sure. All right, next play we're going to break down. Russell Wilson finds Tyler Lockett for a 63-yard touchdown in the second quarter. Wide slot, far side, Russ play fake, being chased. Now he looks, now he throws back. It's Tyler Lockett. Waits, makes the catch, breaks the tackle, 30, 25. They're not going to touch him. 10, 5, touchdown, Tyler Lockett. Touchdown, Seahawks. A 63-yarder that Tyler Lockett stopped, started, broke a tackle, and then broke the tape at the finish line like he was winning the 100 in the Olympics. The building is rocking, and the Seahawks go on top 9-6. to six. Now, this is just beautiful. I look at Tyler Lockett's release, and he understands what he's trying to accomplish. Now, you, you young receivers, you don't just line up to the line of scrimmage and say, okay, I'm running a post. You got to have a plan, and this shows Tyler Lockett has a plan. He knows he's going to sell that corner, right? But he knows, oh, look, I'm going to go back to this post. So what does he do? He takes an inside release and says, look, I'm going to let this defender think he has me on the corner. At the top of his route, he turns his shoulders to the corner. The defender's like, I'm in great position at this point. He snaps it off at the top, breaks to the post, and says, look, there's nothing but space and opportunity for me. Russell throws a deep ball. The rest is Tyler Lockett. Our friend Bradley McDougal, who used to play on this ball club, takes a horrible angle, and the rest is number 16. This is a receiver who has a plan and who understands how to attack a defense. Yeah, good good protection. I This is one where Russell kind of slid uh, inside the pocket, bought a, just a little bit of extra time, throws an absolute dime. Um, and you'd mentioned sometimes they're deception from receivers, right? Yeah. So if I'm covering you, particularly my backs to the football, there's times where I've got to play your hands, right? I'm looking at your hip and what kind of route you're going to run. Yeah. And there's a guy named Steve Largent that many people are familiar with. I'll never forget when he was playing against Lester Hayes. <clears throat> Is Lester? I think it's Lester Hayes uh, from the Raiders. I mean, he was he had all the uh, you know stick him on his arms and everything. Just a fantastic corner. And I, we were playing at home in the Kingdom, and they were battling all day. And Lester's, you know, just bump and run, mirroring him wherever he can go. But Steve's having a pretty good day. Mm -hmm. And it's like 20 yards downfield. And Steve runs a fade route. You know, gets an outside release. Lester's uh, got him pinned to the sideline. But Lester liked to read his hands. So he's running, and all of a sudden Steve puts out his hands like it's a fade route. Mm. And as soon as Lester turns around for the ball, he stops and does a 20-yard comeback. Ooh. Oh, it was good. Nasty. Yeah, it was nasty. And so Lockett has a little bit of that deception in him in his route. So that was my point there. Yeah, and he has his own style. Yeah. No one runs routes and plays like Tyler Lockett. I love to see it. 
Next play. This one might hurt a little bit. Mm. Derrick Henry, 60-yard touchdown run in the fourth. Henry stays in the backfield. First and ten. He gets the handoff. Starts left. Cuts back inside. A missed tackle. Turns upfield. Being chased by Diggs. Down the near sidelines. Stiff arms Diggs. He's going to go in. Are you kidding me? Derrick Henry goes 60 yards down the near sideline. Seattle had done a magnificent job the entire game of bottling up number 22. He bounces outside, two tackles missed, and he goes 60 yards for a touch. And just like that, Tennessee right back in at 30-22. to Yeah, this one hurts me as a coach because I've got the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I won't describe the, the whole thing on this, but uh, they, they come into a tight formation, like a, a wing look, even though I think one of them's a wide receiver to our right. Jamal Adams is in between what, you know, I, I used to, a, a wing formation. So he, he blitzes and he comes into it. I, I, I don't even know what gap we're, we're looking at here at this point, but he, he comes inside between the two tight ends uh, or the, it's actually wide receiver, but it looks like a two tight end set. I'm yep. trying to describe this for people. The ball is in our, is on our far left hash mark as a defense. It's offense's far far right hash mark, and everybody gets washed down. Matter of fact, Jamal gets washed down so far, even though he gets penetration and he gets upfield, he gets washed down so far he gets pushed all the way all to where the ball was, almost to the hash mark. So now Trey Flowers, and, and by the way, this is like a little veer, or, or what I would call just, uh, what would you call this? Uh, uh, we've got Henry takes a jab step to his right, and then he comes back to his left. Uh, it's a misdirection Mis- kind of a Misdirection. Yeah. And what it, what it does is when you get flow, what we call flow, the running back going to the left side of the defense, everybody has a, a certain gap. Yeah. Well, as soon as he makes that misdirection and comes back, the other, everybody's got to shift over back to the other side with their gap. Bobby... Doesn't make that adjustment. Uh, Jamal gets washed too far. So now you got Trey Flowers sitting out there as the force in the Mm. contained corner. And he's got so much space. It's a one on one tackle in the open field against Henry, who's six foot three, six foot four, 255, 60 pounds, runs a four five. And what surprised me is he runs away from everybody. It's, you know, it's not a bad defense. It's just. This is technique. Mm-hmm. These are the little things. You can never get washed in this situation for Jamal. Jamal, can't, you can't get run up field. You can't get washed down inside. Now, I would say for Trey, Trey, you got to try and squeeze that as much as he can. I, my, it was my original thought. you got to squeeze it down, try to get in the hip pocket of that tight end, or in this case, it's a wide receiver off the ball. Yeah. Man, it's just too much space. Yeah, way too much space. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Moyer, I think that Jamal can do a better job of not committing right now right he gets in there and he gets washed because he gets that penetration gets pushed in the back he makes as a receiver all right if I know that okay this run is meant to pop outside if you go inside I'm like yep I'm gonna push you on your shoulder I've done my job I don't even really need to make a great block I just need to take you where you want to go that's what Julio Jones does and then I feel bad for Trey Flowers. They don't pay him to make tackles like that. That's that's uh, you, now he should make tackles, but that's not you don't expect your corner. It's not like he's Richard Sherman, where you know Sherman used to make those tackles. But I don't see corners as open field tacklers like that. Um, but yeah, but yeah, lots, lots of technique. This, here. this is tough one. And again, I see what Jamal sees. Jamal sees that uh, misdirection step going to his left. And again, Jamal's on the right side. He's blitzing down the line of scrimmage, basically, or, or in the backfield, but down the line of scrimmage. He thinks he's going to have a blow-up shot on Henry. Mm-hmm. 
Henry does the misdirection, cuts it back, and then you have Trey. Trey right now is going, uh-oh. The only thing I would tell Trey is, guy, if he could have just shut it down a little bit sooner. He he actually comes two or three yards into the backfield. Yeah. I would have tried to sit a little closer to the, to the line of scrimmage there. But, I look, honestly, I'm looking at this play over and over, and I go, Trey is in a tough situation. And this shows one of the most nimble plays for a man who's 260 pounds. Mm-hmm. Look at the cut. And again, for those who get a chance to go back and look at it, you know, Bump and I are looking at it right now. Look at the cut he makes on on Trey here. I mean, this is a one step cut upfield, and look at all that room. Nothing yeah. Trey can do. Nothing he can do there. That play changed the game for sure. All right, those were our three plays: Bobby Wagner sack, Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett, and then Derrick Henry sixty yard TD run. That definitely changed the game. When we come back. We're going to go around the NFL. Kyler Murray versus Russell Wilson. Gronk makes a confession on Monday Night Football. All that is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight on a Thursday. If you weren't watching the game, uh... The Panthers got it done. Good win by the Panthers. Sam Darnold, 23 of 34, 304 yards and two rushing touchdowns. They're 3-0. 3-0. 3-0 and and on a Thursday. Hey. That's a good feeling. Yeah, it is a good feeling. You get, get to chill days all off weekend. And, oh, that's the best. Watch it go down. All right. So now we're going around the NFL. We're going to start with Stephen A. Smith. We all know he has very strong opinions about things and he talked about two quarterbacks. There's a quarterback in the NFC West that's making a case and saying, look, man, don't forget about me. I know Matthew Stafford's new to the block. I know Russell Wilson is here. You got a maybe a controversy brewing in San Francisco with Garoppolo and Trey Lance, but Kyler Murray's been doing, doing his thing, and Stephen A. Smith has something to say about that. Which quarterback would you rather have, Russ or Kyler? Shockingly, I'm going to tell you Kyler Murray, and I'm fully aware of the greatness of Russell Wilson. He's a first, he's a future Hall of Famer as far as I'm concerned. He's carried the Seahawks franchise on his back. I love me some Russell Wilson. He is special. Yeah. But Kyler Murray, ladies and gentlemen, he's putting everybody on notice. He's 24 years old, okay? This brother already has passed for nearly 700 yards in two games this season, seven touchdowns, just three interceptions. He's completing over 73% of his passes. And I'm looking at this dude just make things happen. He's got an arm. Um, when you talk about, I mean, when you talk about a guy that can move in and out of the pocket, extend plays and create opportunities for his offense, in terms of running with the football, there's nobody better than him other than Lamar Jackson. All right, Moyer. Why is he wrong? Why is he right? How do you feel about this? I don't know if he's wrong. Um, I think Kyler Murray heard me in preseason say, Pfft. <laughs> got, he, he's just not accurate, and uh, he's he's stepped up his game. He's second in the league. He, he's right uh, with 689 yards. He's got seven touchdowns. You know, the thing I, I, I like to look at, and I, I, I do believe, you know, that they're doing a pretty good job of making him get rid of the ball. You know, is he completing 80% of his passes? I, I 73.5. 73. I don't know. I'm not completely sold at it. I would say this. After two games – I think the, his legs are so dynamic, and it's such a big part of this game nowadays. You know, to, when protection breaks down and with the receivers he has, I, I, I don't. I'm not saying Stephen A. is wrong after the first two games, but let me tell you what: the last eight games of the year, 
in the last three games and you go into the playoffs. That's what matters. Oh, I promise you, you want Russell Wilson. Yes. And Kyler Murray, he's good, man. He's short, though, man. I just, I don't know. Teams are going to figure that part out. Yeah, see, this is the way I feel about Kyler Murray. I love what he does. It's exciting. He extends plays. But when you go on a road trip, you don't take the sports car, right? You take the reliable. You take the (laughs) SUV. You can fit the family in there. You know it is there for the long haul. That's how I see Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is like, look, I'm the dependable vehicle. All right, you got to tune me up. You got to take me to the shop, make sure I'm good to go. But I'm going to be there for you, like you mentioned, the last eight games, the last three games. I just have to see a full season from Kyler Murray. You can only depend on those legs so much. A lot of his big plays are broken down plays where he makes things happen. Now, there's a guy, Patrick Mahomes, who kind of does the same thing. It just looks different. I don't know what it is, boy. It looks different when Mahomes does it. It looks like it's more sustainable when Mahomes does it. I think Kyler Murray had two better weeks than Russell Wilson. But in the long haul, man, I'm taking Russell. Well, I mean, let's go ahead and look at Russell's numbers just a little bit. And by by the way, this guy – Patrick Mahomes is super accurate. Yeah. With an incredible arm and he's mobile. Kyler has a strong arm, unbelievably mobile. He not super accurate. I mean, he he's, he needs the dinks and dunks, but you, you just mentioned that he's completing 73% of his passes. Well, Russell Wilson's completing 74% of his passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler Murray has 7 touchdowns. Well, Russell Wilson has 6 touchdowns. You got a quarterback rating. Uh, what's what's Kyler's quarterback rating? One. I apologize. It's not sitting. Seventy-one point six. Oh, excuse me. One twenty-one point five. Yeah, one twenty-one point five. We got Russell Wilson with one forty-six point nine. Mm. So Kyler Murray has played the best two games of his life, and it's still <laughs> not as good as Russell Wilson. Tell him, Moyer. But they are two and zero, and the NFC West has not lost a game. In regular uh, time so far this year, only in overtime loss. Well, Bob, let me just add some food for thought right now. Number one, Kyler Murray does not have the career he has right now. It's not even this league if there wasn't for Russell Wilson. That's true. Number one, that's point blank. But I will say this, a little devil's advocate here. The things that we're saying about Kyler right now, some people said about Russell in the sense of it's an unfair comparison. Russell's done so much in this league. When Russell first got in, everyone compared him to Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, Aaron Rodgers. He didn't have as much time in the league at that point. But now, I don't know, are we saying the same things about a young Russell Wilson that he just makes too many plays with his feet? He's reliable about this. He's only good when the plays break down. Are we making the same mistakes that maybe we said about Russell Wilson that we other people said back in the day? All right, so I'll, I'll add to that. When Russell was coming out, did you think of him as a runner or a thrower? Runner, all day. Did you? Yep. I thought he was a runner. He rushed for 800 yards one season. Yeah, no, that was like a year whenever. It was a year we we didn't rush very well. But um, I I still thought of him as a thrower who could run. I think Kyler as a runner, ah, that's a tough one. Well, because Lamar... Is starting to come out of that that stigma too. Everybody says oh, he's a runner. You know, he's not a thrower. He's starting to, I think, prove some doubters on that one uh, wrong. I don't know. I, I, if you took the mobility away from Kyler, I think he's done. You ah. take some mobility. You think he can win just on throwing the he football? He can still throw that thing. You think man. he can just? Because I think Russell could sit in the pocket and beat you. Okay, but all right. Well, all right. You take away his legs, he becomes. Say like an Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have great legs, but he can move a little bit. Yeah. He can slide in the pocket. He can extend some plays. If he had the legs of Aaron Rodgers, I think he's still okay. I, just, I think Kyler's just he, he, Kyler has to have the legs because he's so short. 
You know, I mean, he's really limited in seeing over linemen. So you're saying he's done after your eight, nine? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I, 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 I want, I'm trying to make a good analogy here, and it's not doing very well for me. I just think you take Russell's legs away, which, look, Russell doesn't run as well as he used to. No. He, he, he's still shifty. He knows how to escape, but he's not running by anybody. Kyler is. Yeah. I just think when that goes away, will Kyler be a guy that you you fear throwing the football? Because I think people now go, oh, I fear Russell, Russell throwing it. Yeah. And maybe that Kyler turns into that. You know, time will tell. Time. But I will take Russell, though. I'll take Russell, too. All right. Real quick, we're going to talk about Rob Gronkowski. He made a confession on the Peyton Manning, or excuse me, the Manning brothers make a cast on Monday Night Football. My teammate Cam uh, Bray uh, just asked me the other day. He goes, Rob, I have a serious question. He goes, do you ever watch film? And I said, no, I don't. It's I just run by guys. If, I, if I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good. <laughs> so I don't know how to answer that, Eli. I don't, I don't watch film, but I do watch film when, when, the, when the team is showing it. <laughs> so, uh, And I actually do go up to Tom because I know Tom watches like, I don't know, 40 hours of film a week. I go, Tom. Who's covering me this week? What type of coverages are they doing? I, I love it and I hate it at the same oh. time. I love it because he's honest and he's that good to where he probably doesn't have to watch it. I hate it because, Moyer, I needed to watch yeah. film. I needed to know what they're going to look like on third down. What, what, what are going to be their adjustments? Who am I going up against? I look up and I would mark down to the third step. Is he out of his break? What, by his third step, what is he going to do in this coverage? Like, I had it down to a science. So I love it because – He's just good and he's honest, but I'm jealous because I had to watch them. Yeah, most guys, look, first of all, you, we watch a ton of film just in your position meetings, right? I mean, it's they get everything broken down. Here's by formation, where you are on the field, down a distance. Oh, and by the way, here's some tendencies on these players. Go look at this. And by the way, you got some cut-ups. You know, look at third down, look at uh, play action. You, you get all of that stuff along the way. So, most of us have watched a, a ton of film, but there's others that watched a lot more. I liked watching film. I've always liked it. Now, I didn't study the players like they probably do today because, quite frankly, it wasn't an HD and, you know, I couldn't see, you know, the fingers moving and things <laughs> like that they do today. I mean, yeah. it was more about formations and all that other stuff. But the Seahawks used to do something that was really funny. Back then, have you, have you ever heard of VHS tapes? Course, okay, you're, yeah. you're you're not too young. For those out there who are listening for the first time, VHS, <laughs> what is it? They're, they're videotapes that they would make, and they would give them all the players and give them to them with cut-ups and, and other games. Most of the players, we've watched enough film. You don't yeah. need to go home and put on a VHS and back and back. Well, one day they said, by the way, we know if you've been watching it, because we can tell if the, I don't know, they made, by the way, they made this up. Uh-huh. So players would go home and stick the tape into their tape and just let it run to the end, pull it out and give it back to the film guys <laughs> thinking, oh, these guys know, think I watch film. And yeah. then I found out later from Tom Firmstad and, and some of the other guys, they said, oh, we just made that. We had no idea if you guys watch film. And, um, but, yeah, you, if you're an NFL player, you're, you're putting in 20, 30 hours a week of film work. Moral of the story, kids, watch film. Prepare yourself for the test. If you ever walked into a class and you ain't studying and – you get that exam in front of you and you are lost, that's how you will feel on a football field. Yeah, unless you're Rob Gronkowski. You just Gron- get an A and you just show up and say, what are we 
What's the test on today? Hey, and there's always a kid like that who can do that. Yeah, <laughs> just shows up during during the week, and then he's good to go for the test. Yeah, I used to have. Uh, I said, "Come here, come here. Will you, do you mind doing my here? Give me the answers." <laughs> no, teasing. No, I never I, did. No, nope, never did that. ASU, that never happened. All right. No. When we come back, we will give you our final thoughts and the keys to victory for the Seahawks. That is next here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live every Thursday. I'm Michael Bumpers along with Paul Moyer. Last segment of the day. Mm. On the sheet here it says show, recap, final thoughts, and keys. Show, <laughs> recap, hey, I think we did our thing, Moyer. I think we had a good show. We did. It's always always fun. We, we, we have a good time here. Look, keys of the game on this one. It, we could go the same route almost every week because usually it's turnovers, things like that. I'm going to go on a little different this time. Uh, and actually, I think uh, Robert Turbin may have said it in our pregame show last week. We got to sustain drives. We got to start getting first downs offensively. We, If you go and look last week, I don't think we had a drive. Matter of fact, I, I, I remember it now. We had two drives over two minutes. Mm-hmm. Two. Two of those were four-minute drives. Both times we punted. Those were our two longest drives. Everything else was under two minutes. Um, you know, not a lot of first downs on any of them. I think we had 17, 18 first downs last week versus, you know, 32, 33. That can't happen in this league. And, again, I love the big play. I love scoring. But you start looking at what Tennessee did to us defensively, started running the ball. We got some long drives. Boom, offense is off the field in a minute and a half. Defense got to go back out. Now, I'm not putting it. On the offense, that's not the offense's fault or job, you know, the defense. But we've got to sustain drives. we we got to start eating some clock. we got to get some first downs, wear their defense out a little bit more, and that's really what we haven't done the first two weeks. Yeah, I'm with you. Sustain those drives. Here are the scoring drives for us. Five plays, 57 yards, a minute 58. Three plays, 83 yards, a minute 44. Two plays, six yards. Seven plays, 75 yards. Three plays, 66 yards. And you look at... None of them over two minutes. None of them over two minutes. Now, the Tennessee Titans, man, they, they, they took control of this thing. Eight plays, 80 yards, four mm-hmm. minutes, 23 seconds. How many 12 plays, 68 yards, three minutes, 44 seconds. You hit, on, hit it on the head. 33 first downs to the Hawks, 17. You have to have the ball to control the tempo of the game. And I think the Hawks offense can do that. They showed that the first week, right? There's a quick game. You can check stuff down, get things going. We don't want to eliminate the big plays. We're not saying, oh, no, we don't want that 69-yard touchdown from Lockett or that 62 from Freddie Swain. We're just saying, look, in between those big plays, let's put three or four drives together to really wear this defense down like the Titans did. And the Hawks have a running back. Who can wear defense down? 32 runs hard. Let him touch the pill. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um there is, you know, there's a human element to this uh, that people sometimes forget. This is video game. These are human beings, yeah. and it's a physical game. And if you if you're an offense and you're wearing them out, and you get these seven, eight play drives or twelve play drives, man, it's taxing on a defense. We're tired, and then you go to sit back down, and it's you know it's warm. You know, it's still we're still got some some weather going on. You get to have a little drink, and if you got to go back out there, even though you just you scored, I'm happy you scored, yeah. Mike. I'm, I am, <laughs> um, but I need a break because I'm physically I'm starting to get get tired. And I, I've, I've said this forever. It's really important to get first downs. It, if last week we were get we were 
we weren't getting first downs on mixed downs. Mm-hmm. And if you're coming up third down all the time, you go first down, second down, third down, man, it's just a law of averages. You can convert on 50% of your third downs, but at some point on that drive, I'm off the field. So I need to start getting eight, nine play drives with one or two third down opportunities. Because if I've got four or five, uh, likelihood of us scoring is really difficult. It's just not the odds aren't in your favor. And you speak of third downs, the Hawks were four for 12 on third downs. Not great. They never really have been a great third down team, at least not in the last two or three seasons. So they need to clean that up. Now the Vikings, they're going to run the football. They're going to run a bit different. They're going to run some power. They're going to run some trap. They're going to lead with their tight ends. They're going to lead with their fullback. They have the ability to play hard-nosed football in the box and spread it up, spread it out on the outside with Thielen and Osborne and Justin Jefferson. I mean, we said it last week, Paul, and I don't think people really believed us. We're going to say it again this week. This is going to be a tough game, and you're going to Minnesota. You mentioned earlier it's their first home game. They're going to be ready to go. Yeah, they, they've got some heat on them. Zimmer, their head coach. Normally, I would say I, I want to play a team who's lost. I'd rather play a team who's lost a game than won a game. And, if, and the reason for me is if you've won, you're playing well. If you've lost, you're usually not. I'd rather play the team who's not playing well. Now, sometimes there's some adjustments that, that come into play there. This one is a little different because they're 0-2 and they are a wounded animal. Mm. And they are at home. They can't lose this game. They lose this game, Minnesota. They're out of the play. They're out of the play. You go 0-3. The statistics on that's crazy. So the Seahawks have to play the best game of the year. It. I don't know if it's the yeah, – actually, I'm, I wouldn't even say it's a tie with Indy. I think it's a similar team. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a better quarterback than Wentz. Uh, but, you know, they got skilled people that – are a challenge like last week. Last week they had a ton of skill position. You look at uh, Minnesota across the board, wide receivers, running backs, quarterback. Um, you know, we'll see if they can protect them. And if we are, we've got to start playing some man to man. We got to start taking away the short stuff. Yeah. If we're going to keep playing three deep zone and teams are, are as hot as they are throwing the ball and dinking and dunking and not even dinking and dunking, but hitting seven, eight yard plays, I think Bobby Wagner had 10 tackles in the passing game last year. So they're working that middle of the field. And if you're dropping in the zone, we're, we're giving some of that up. So we're going to have to tighten some things up, play some man-to-man, just play with, play with confidence on defense. This game is crucial, man. After this game, you got the Niners at the Niners and the Rams come into town. You get into the division. Yep. Um, you have to get into these division games feeling good about yourself. And you have to get into these these division games correcting a lot of your wrongs. Russell Wilson has played some good football. Minus the overtime, um, they only had the ball once in the third quarter. You got to tip your hat off to the Titans. They really just controlled that game. Russell had a chance to win the game. He just didn't do it. Doesn't mean the magic is gone. This is the NFL. Guys are going to make plays. So I just want to see this offense continue to grow. And like you said, this defense has tightened a couple of things up. We need some more plays from those defensive linemen. I think the first week we saw Rasheem Green, we saw Daryl Taylor. Those guys kind of disappeared week two. They're young. They're still finding their way. Um, I like when Rabel is calling names out that aren't Lockett, D.K. Russell, and Jamal Adams. So Everett, Disley, Carson. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. We're, we're spreading the football. I didn't feel that way last week. It's, it's as comfortable as Russell looked. The first week, I don't want to say he looked uncomfortable last week. He just didn't look for whatever reason. I don't know what it was. You know, I, to me, I, Tennessee was a better defensive uh, line than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, Damian Lewis was hurt. I mean, you go and look at the first two plays. 
uh, you know, Dwayne Brown got, you know, pushed back. The next play, uh, Damian Lewis got pushed back, and Damian was, was hurt. I'm, I'm hoping he's healthy because that I think that's a big factor in our run game. We try to run to the left side. We we, we need Damian Lewis healthy, and and you know, if you get him, Dwayne Brown together, both healthy, we should be able to run the football. I like that. I like that. Alex Collins should get a few more touches I this agree. week. You know yep. that one big run he had. Uh, it was a great tackle by the defender there, but he had a nice run. D. Eskridge is going to get healthy, and then I think offensively you get those tight ends back in the game. I'm not worried. Um, but I'm a I'm a big ang- a bit anxious for this game. I I want to. There's some things that I I want to see and I have to see to make me have the same feelings I had week one. Yeah, I'm not worried. I, look, Seahawks. Ba- I mean, what's Russell Wilson's record after a loss? Are you kidding me? That's I mean, bad. it's it's off the charts. He's going to play. Well, we're going to play better because we have things to clean up. And that is the one thing about a loss. You go back and fix things. You know, you, you, when you're winning, sometimes you go, eh, we're good. You don't mm-hmm. quite self-scout as, as hard as – sorry, Pete, if you're listening. I know you guys self-scout. <laughs> but you, you don't worry about something that may be working. Um, so we're going to correct some things. We're not going to play youthful mistakes this week. And uh, I expect a nice win for us. No youthful mistakes. If we do that, there should be a W in the win column. All right. Well, hold on, but let me cut you off. Before we get out of here, right. Paul, you talked about record after loss. So Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson has a 7.791 winning percentage after an in-season loss. It's the best since the 1970 merger. Mm. He's 34-9 following a loss. That's pretty good. That, that goes back a long way, too. So that's a W. <laughs> it's a dub. Well, it's, let's put it this way. If you were in Vegas, that'd be a good bet. Yeah, good bet. Yeah. Good bet. All right, bet on these Hawks. Before we get out of here, special thanks to Matthew Collar, Kerry Hyder, and John Clayton for joining the show. Our board-operated DJ Wilder and executive producer Nasa Choby. The Seahawks pregame show was live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumpus, with my guy, Paul Moyer. We'll be back next, we'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.